Ladies and gentlemen, episode number five for 2020. We're here dropping the bass <laughs> <laughs> with the man himself, Team Ecto, Dan England. Hey, how's it going, guys? Even on stage, like my knees frame you up. The rush of things you can still stay controlled. Fitness. But before we kick off episode number five from our sponsors, True Protein, who are unafraid to cut through the noise of an oversaturated market and break the mold to deliver authentic, all-natural products with genuine health benefits and none of the fake stuff. True have bucked the trend for expensive, overhyped, bad-tasting protein powders packed with false promises to reinvent the marketplace and create 100% natural, delicious, quality protein with no gimmicks, nothing artificial, and a completely transparent ingredient list. You can pick up True Protein online at trueprotein.com.au, and if you use the code PERTHFITFAM10, you'll get yourself an exclusive PERTHFITFAM discount. Or if you do live in Perth, you can pick them up from over 200 retailers from across the state, and if you want to find the one closest to you, just reach out, and I'll point you in the right direction. That is trueprotein.com.au. And if you guys have been floating around my socials, you would have seen over the past few months Fit Fam Finder, which is a dating app for fitness singles that was created out of demand from you guys, the fitness community, who are frustrated with current online dating options. Fit Fam Finder's mission is to create a safe environment for fitness singles to date and establish healthy relationships centered around fitness, friendship, and fun. FitFan Finder will soon be available to download straight from the Apple Store. So keep your eyes out on the Instagram page of FitFan Finder. That is F-I-N-D-R, no E. And you will be able to find out more. It will be any day now available for you fitness singles. And finally, before we kick it off, the Perfect Fan podcast would not be complete without mentioning perfectfam.com.au. So if you didn't already know, you can find out more about what to do and what to see, what's happening around the Perth Fitness team on perfitfam.com.au. There, uh, head there to download our podcast, read our articles, and search from local fitness businesses and events. And if you're a fitness business, you can list for free on Perth Fit Fam. And we also offer marketing courses to help you crush business with social media. So if you're a fitness enthusiast wanting to see what's up or a fitness business owner looking to be seen, head to perfitfam.com. Dot com dot au. How was that? I like that. That was oh, good. I feel like a little bit of a disc jockey. So episode <laughs> number five of 2020, which is season three, Dan England, or as my wife likes to call him, Dan Ecto. Dan Ecto. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been almost 12 months, spot on to the date. So you were the first guest since we revamped the podcast in 2019. You were the most requested guest then. Oh. You're the most requested guest now. We had about 20 people say, get Dan England on the podcast. That's, that's insane still to think. Like, honestly, I like, can't thank everyone enough to actually want to listen to someone like me and just, you know, help out where I can. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's thank you. Yeah. Um, so when you came on the podcast first, you were someone that I recognized. Um, Josh Porter and myself spoke about it many times when we said, who are the people that we think that are coming up in the industry that are doing you know great things? And we both always recognized you. And having you on the podcast first last year, it, you, it was really appropriate 
um, because you're someone I value, you're someone who I think is doing a really good job and shares the same values and cultures of what you know I do or we do at Perfit Fam and the great stuff that you do in the industry. But I would have said that you were up and coming in the scene. Now I would say that you're probably leading the space. So tell us about your journey over the past 12 months with Team Ecto. Well, it's, I'd still I'd still say I'm still up and coming. I wouldn't be like, there's people that I look up to in the Perth Fitness scene that I would still, you know, like just sit down and just pick their brains and, you know, like I'm lucky enough that I've have such a great network and like people who kind of raise the bar yourself, you know, like you be around those people and it's just like, you're like, ah, like I love being around it so much, you know, like it just motivates you to be better and better every time. So I'd still say I'm still up and coming, like we're, we're getting there slowly, you know, like it's been obviously 12 months since the last time I seen you and, you know, we've got an amazing team underneath us now, all qualified, like high professionals and they just doing the job that, you know, like getting results, like educating people. And that's kind of the biggest thing that we always want to do is just, you know, educate people to give them enough empowerment to make the goals they want sustainable rather than just like, you know, the short term quick fixes like you see. And there's way too many of those. Like you see the lovely before and after, but then like the after after whether like they put it on and then some again, again, that's not what we do. We want to, you know, give the tools and stuff like that. So if people want to obviously, you know, come with that, that's what we do. You know, it is the time period. It's like a long time, but you're, you're never going to go back to where you were before. That's the goal. Um, now, you mentioned that there's people that you surround yourself with that push you to be better and look up to. Who are those people? Uh, so, obviously, I catch up with Richard like every every week. You know, I'm down at Physique Code Fridays and Saturdays. So, like just picking his brains, asking him questions, you know, like that guy, you know, is just insane in what he does, you know, in his field, which is obviously body composition and strength performance and obviously Alan Mayo. So, Mr. Mao, Mao, the sensei, Mao, Mao. The, yeah. former, the former Mr. Australia, uh, former Mr. Australia. <laughs> Was it now? Like ten weeks out, eh? Uh, it'll be ten weeks out when this gets when yeah. this gets released. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Alan's another great guy, you know. Like he's just just so humble to be around. It's like you just feed off his energy. You know, mm. it's insane to be around. And then obviously like yourself and Josh, like in terms of business and like how to make your make your mark and like reach out and like help as many people as you can. It's just yeah, like being around you guys. It's like rising tides raise all ships, you know. Like and that's kind of the biggest thing that we need in this industry right now. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned Rich from uh, Physique Code. Um, I'm going to find out a little bit more about Rich and the the differences between what you, uh, he does and what you do within the industry because you guys work in a bit of a collaboration. So whenever I mention you, um, Physique Code's always kind of tied to that. And it was only recently when I realized because I always people always ask me, who should I go see? And I always say, uh, you got Dan England, you got Alice Round, uh, and you got Alan. Yeah. Um, except I, I've always kind of connected you to Physique Code as well, um, which I probably shouldn't because they're actually a standalone. I was going to say, yeah, it's a separate thing. So so what I do is for them is I help with nutrition occasionally if some of their clients want to come work with me. Otherwise, I do uh, obviously work out of there. So um, Richard's lovely enough to, you know, Give me a give me a chair and go. Here's your laptop. Go what? Go do what you need to do. And like we catch up and we chat and like obviously like Jam and stuff there as well. And obviously Will Grant as well. Like those guys are amazing at what they do. And we do we do similar things. So obviously it's all body composition. You know, like we measure, we manipulate, and then based on the person and how what their goals are as well. So it's not just like you come in and go, okay, this is 
we're going to dictate your goal. It's okay. You want to look good for a wedding or you want to lose a certain amount of weight or you want to feel good about yourself. You know, they work reverse engineer it to that goal. And then it's just, okay, these are the steps you need to do to take it. And that's why I think is why we click so well. Yep. Yep. Now there's a bit of a funny story. I'm not sure if we spoke about it on the last podcast, but how you came about to be working amongst the Physico Co crew. Please elaborate on this. Oh, the, the, the bet? <laughs> the bet, yeah. Uh, so um, so we were at a competition um, a while ago. At, well, it would have been probably be like two or three years now. And um, mm, yeah. Richard uh, kept asking me, he's like, I want you to come come work work here, you know, like help us out. And I was like, oh, like at that time I was living like at Clarkson. So I was like way too far for me. And I was like, nah, I can't do this, can't do this. And then um olivia my fiance yeah fiance wow that's that's all, I, I got my wife yeah yeah you got a ring <laughs> i don't i don't have that yet I, i've got this one but i ain't got that one yet so. have you guys got a wedding date planned yeah yeah um april 19 i have to make oh, sure that's coming up soon yeah, okay, yeah like cool, cool, cool. 10 10 weeks or so so Exciting. it's literally like the day after the comp so okay. no pressure for me there gotta make sure i'm there and also ready for the <laughs> wedding um and uh, Olivia was competing and then we placed a bet going like um, if one of his clients, which was Kayla Panetta, mm-hmm. was competing as well and they were in two different classes and we said, you know, if Richard won, I would come work there and if um, if I lost, I, I don't know what I bet it. I think it was like a coffee or something like that and a chat. Wow, that's like really uneven like, I, bets. I, but it's the value of it, you know, yeah. like the way I looked at it is like this was a guy that like the last season was just turned around to me and he's like, yeah, you're new here. Hey, like, so to me, I was like, wow, shit. Like, oh, sorry. Um, I was like, wow, this guy's like who I want to chat to, want to get to pick his brains to kind of raise my level of coaching as well. So I was like, yep, no worries. I was pretty, pretty confident. And then Kayla won the overall title. And then he's turned around and went, what shirt size are you? I was like, (laughs) I'm a small. (laughs) Are you still a small? Uh, no, no. Yeah, I was no, gonna say there's a no medium. A medium. So medium. I know. I know all about that. Um, short man. Uh, short man problems. So you developed your team. You brought a big team under you. Last time we caught up, did you have a team of people working underneath you? Yeah, I think I just uh, had Cat at the time. So Cat. That, that would have been pretty new. Yeah, that would have been that would have been pretty pretty new then. And then from there, we now have uh, Megan Sharp and then yep. AJ Sloan and also uh, Kieran Kiwi Hurry. I think. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah of course. So, so we have like a really, really good, highly qualified team. And that's kind of what I wanted is like, I was lucky enough to be able to kind of like ask them and handpick them to based on what they're good at as well. And that's the thing is like, they work in the fields that they know and they know very well. So I'm really, really blessed to have like such a versatile team working with me now. So as a business owner and as a coach yourself, what's the biggest lessons that you learned through 2019 and how are you different as um how how did you come out of the year as a different person oh where where do we begin with that so um one of the big things is obviously i i always value education like as you know like i'm one of those guys if i'm not reading a book i'm watching a podcast or watching listening to a podcast or like you know just trying to learn from the best of the best so i travel as much as i can i learn from like as many people as i can to have not just one set methodology but have like kind of like a, a sniper's point of view. So you know exactly what's needed for the client to then get them the result that they need. So I think the biggest thing for me is being able to apply that to those guys as well and help educate them and make them better coaches as well. From a business perspective, 
man i'm not gonna lie like it's it's pretty challenging you know like i'm not really good on social media so for me it's <laughs> it, oh, it's true like I've, I've gotten a little bit better but yeah it's, except like, when we caught up at the start of the year because this is one thing i noticed is and and correct me if i'm wrong from my memory you had and I'm not not letting people think that the success of a business is dependent on their social media. But you had about two thousand followers. At yeah, the start I think of the year. I think so. About now you got like eight thousand or close. Yeah, to Yeah, somewhere like that. Yeah, I'm, I honestly I wouldn't be able to tell you off the top of my head. Like I'll probably pull out my phone and be like, oh, it's X amount. But yeah, it's it's more so just providing content. You know, like that. I think it's it's all good, all well and good. You know, like photos of myself. But one, I'm not big. I'm. <laughs> I'm okay lean, you know, I'm medium. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So for me, it was like going, okay, well, how can I make a a lasting impression on people? And it was okay. Well, I can do results. Mm -hmm. So I was going, okay, well, if I can do that and I can post about results and, you know, provide information on how we did that, it might give someone a little bit of information to go, Oh, well maybe what I'm doing right now isn't the best way or the, the optimal way for them right now. Maybe we can, find a way to work around that and that's when people would message going hey what's your thoughts on this and thoughts on this and then i would actually just ask them we'll go well hang on let me message you and i'll be able to go through it so it was giving out like free information as well and i think yeah. that's one of the big things is no one wants to do that anymore everyone's like well you have to book him for a console and i'm like well if i can just take five minutes out of my day and help you like that that might be worth like so much more to them but to me it's basic knowledge you know like oh well, what you're doing is wrong, uh, not wrong, but not what you should be doing. Let's, how about we try this? And then next thing you know, they go, they message back in like a few months time going, I took that advice. Everything's awesome right now. And I'm like, ah, like that makes my day, you know? And that's yes. kind of the big thing. Um, so even Sebastian Oreb does that. So highly successful Australian strength coach, um, uh, the coach of Thor, former world's strongest man. So he provides a lot of education. He's also yeah. very, very engaging um, and he gives so much of it away for free. Um, which is it's a very engaging fun way of being able to do it and if, yeah. especially if that's rewarding for you too so then working with your clients what's what's the what's your favorite thing about the position that you have and the people that you work with now so work the the thing I love most with the clients is the journey like it sounds yeah. really cliche and like oh here you, but it's more so like if you have someone who one doesn't understand anything about nutrition or they they think they do but it's very misinformed and then giving them the the skills and the tools needed to not just make it just a 12 week transformation or something like that but actually give them it to make it a lifestyle now you know that's the biggest thing is the thing that I kind of drive on is if a if a client leaves and stuff like that, which, you know, it's going to happen. It's, you know, we have a life expectancy. Yeah. And every business. Every You're business. You're never going to be anywhere exactly. for, for the rest of your life. You know, and, and to think that is very kind of deluded, I think. But to be able to then see that person like a year down the track and they're going, you know, I'm still able to keep it off. I've managed to do all this stuff. And that that's like, that's killer. You know, like to be able to go like, I've actually made an impression. Like that's the biggest thing. Like that's the that's the shit that gets me up out of bed, you know, going, I'm actually, you know, adding benefit to people's lives rather than just going like, all right, here's your program, eat less food and, you know, just do the job, you know, and that that's how it should be. Yeah. And then so over the past twelve months, um, I know that you've started to work with a lot of CrossFit athletes as well. Last time we caught up, um, uh, let's say your draw card was Ray from Pray for Ray. Big Ray, yeah. <laughs> 
this podcast would not be complete without a mention oh, of Pray for Ray. Hashtag Pray for Ray. Um, so that you've started working with quite a lot of the athletes around and quite a few of them from the gym. Um, yourself and Kat, actually. I've got yeah. to mention Kat because she works with a lot of them as well. What have you found the differences between working with a bodybuilding client, a CrossFit client to what I'm assuming the gem pop clients that you work with as um, well? The, probably the only real difference I'd say is if we're talking in terms of CrossFit, it's more so eaten to perform. And I think that's where it comes more of a performance style of nutrition rather than like, I believe as well, like general population should be able to eat to perform as well. Where if you look at most people and you ask them like, Oh, how long you've been dieting for? And they go, Oh, probably like 16 weeks. It wasn't, that was 16 weeks for that one diet, but then you've done multiple ones in between. So you've probably been dieting for like five years now. So you haven't found something that actually it works. Whereas with these guys, like obviously the CrossFitters, they know that, okay, I train really hard, I recover really well, and I have to fuel that recovery and that training. And like some people train like twice, three times a day, and that's absolutely yeah. insane, you know? Like, yep. so you need to give them like a lot of food and the correct, obviously, nutrition and stuff like that to ensure that they get, obviously, the goal, which is to perform better than the last time they did it. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of the biggest thing. And then obviously, in terms of physique style work, it's, more so, we have a we have a time frame and we have a deadline. Mm-hmm. You can't miss the deadline. You yes. know, you miss the deadline, it's game over. You know, so it's kind of like being able to then reverse engineer that to like the week, and that's where we go. Okay, you need to lose X amount of millimeters per week. If you don't, obviously, we have to manipulate something because we've measured it, and that's when we start changing it. Um, do I think that there's a difference between them all? Not really. I think you have to obviously establish a caloric maintenance or try and find a real high point for that to then make everything a lot easier for everyone. And yours, oh no, don't tell me that's going to fall off. If you realize you're about to get hit with a five grand F45 playoff check right now. Does it turn to coins if it hits my head? Like It'll Mario? be amazing. If it does, I'm going to edit the video so it goes like Do that. that. <laughs> um, and you're currently speaking about 5,000. You're just under that at the moment on your daily calorie intake. Yeah, something like around that. Yeah, like, yeah, something something pretty close to that. Yeah, it's truth. I love it. I love it. Um, do you prefer dealing with any specific kind of client? Um, no, my my kind of thing is I'm happy to work with anyone who's actually willing to work. You know, yep. like that's the thing. So it's like if someone comes to me and goes, you know, I have this goal. This is what I want to do, and I go, okay, well, it might take us X amount of time. Are you okay with doing that? Then if they go like yes or no, then that's the type of people, you know, where you sit down and go, okay, well, this is the goal. This is what you wanted. This is where you are right now. To get to where you want to be, we have to do these steps. Are you okay in doing that? And they go, oh, no, I kind of want to do it. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Where's the coins? <laughs> <laughs> Trust me. I was like, that actually happened fast. I was so engaged with what uh, you were saying. Oh, uh, yeah. So I <laughs> just got KO'd by F45. Oh, bloody F45. Yeah. Um, Can we edit that for the coin thing? That will be gangster. <laughs> I'll do my best. Um, yeah, so when we when we look at that in that sense of things, you know, it's working with a person who's willing to put in the work, you know. So the thing I always say is obviously scale your expectations to your commitments. Yes. So if you, you have this great expectation, then obviously your commitments might be a little bit different to that. So what you're doing right now might not be working. We might have to change behaviors to start off with to then improve the sustainability of reaching that goal down the track. Because, yep. you know, when things change and life happens and stuff like that. You got to be able to have those tools in place to be able to change and chop it out to make it fit what you're doing right now. And I think a lot of people don't have that to speak because it's obviously you get a, say, say you go see someone, they give you a nutrition plan or a meal plan and they go, here's your training. And then that's it. And it works. 
it, it does work, you know, because it's it's working for your lifestyle right now. Yeah. Now we had we had some new added stress to that. That's going to change how everything works around it. So we have to be very adaptive, and we have to know what to use and what tools in our toolbox to then make it still reach the goal. And sure. that's kind of the thing that I see a lot of people is they do it, it works, and then they go, okay, well now I'm trying to return back to normalcy. I'm trying to return back to having a life and it doesn't work anymore. And, then, and that's when it gets upsetting. Um, now, you mentioned off camera, we spoke about tracking. So, uh, you know, tracking using MyFitnessPal, yep. um, your macros, this sort of thing. It's very, very popular. I went through 12 months of extreme dieting. My final one was, a f- you know, flexible dieting. I actually tracked my calories all year. But I didn't track them for two years, thereabouts, two years. And this year, usually I do something big every year. Yep. Um, and a project, it's more of a challenge for myself or a theme for the year. And this year with all business stuff going on and everything, I, I just said, my one goal for myself is to track my meals every day yep. on my fitness bow and then do one check-in through Avatar or you know, if I was to have a check-in yep. with you or wh- whatever that was. Um, so I could just have a goal and then just let that go in the background. Um, and then today, that's been disrupted because you said that you don't track your calories anymore. Oh, I didn't for a while and it was purely because it was an, an added stress to my life. So the way, way that I was looking at it is like I know what to eat to an extent. You know, we, we as humans, we tend to consume the same 20 food items day in, day out. So if I am going, okay, am I eating appropriate to this? You know, am I being smart in my choices and stuff like that? And that's kind of like how I feel we should be able to move forward from my fitness power, you know, and not get so fixated on numbers and like paralysis by analysis because – like if say say you finish all your food for the day and you have five grams of carbs left over mm-hmm. most people would just be like okay we can check it off and like you know five grams is kind of nothing but then other people get really really fixated on it and go well what could i have that's five grams of carbs that in itself is developing some sort of disordered eating around that because it's like well what could we have maybe lick an apple or like, you know, a few grams of blueberries or something. You know, like, do you know what I mean? So, <laughs> Can I just quickly jump in with the story on that? I had a friend, he was quite young at the time, and he um, uh, he, he was just starting training, loves his, all that sort of stuff, yep. and was tracking on my fitness power. And to make up his carbohydrate content one night, he just started eating ice cream cones. Like, not with ice cream. Oh, like the it. wafer? Yeah, just the wafer. Okay. <laughs> just by itself. Like... I think I think it obviously it it varies on the goal as well. Like I mean, if the the guy's objective is object is to get like as lean as he humanly can, like obviously like like Ziz and stuff, then you know try and be as close as you can to the number is important. But if it's just a general like you know I'm doing this for me every day type thing, then you don't really need to have that high of a fixation on it because like obviously we don't train the same every day. We don't do the same routine every day. You know, it's very, so then our calorie output would be varied in the sense of that as well. Mm. So then when we look at that, we go, okay, well, do we have to be dead on the money to that? Yeah. That's a good point. You Especially know? from my point with CrossFit. Yeah. Cause, because you're not doing the same cardio every day. It's constantly varied every day. Yeah. So um, I, I don't, cause I don't use a Fitbit or anything. Um, so I, I'm not even sure how I would track how yeah. much I'm expending. Oh, it's, it's, yeah, it's super, I don't even know it well enough for myself. Like you would have to, if you were to try and test that, you would be like, you know, going to some sort of metabolic ward and perform that. And then it can measure obviously your output through like carbon dioxide expression and like heat and stuff. But yep. to, to me, it's, it's just way too fancy for what you're trying to do. Yes. So I just say like, well, look, if you're eating, eating a certain amount of calories, 
you you do your check-in and stuff and say say you're down so you're, you're down say scale weight tapes skin folds whatever you're using to track that then it might be an indicator to maybe increase your food a little bit you know because if the goal is obviously to maintain and you know maybe it gives you a high performance level then that would be a good way to do that but if it's all maintaining the same, then just keep doing as it is, you know? Would you get your clients to utilize my fitness pal or something along those lines for a certain stage? Yeah, yeah. So I always um, try and emphasize, you know, like flexibility of food and stuff like that, you know, when when it's appropriate to, you know, like if I'm not saying like you have to eat like chicken, rice and vegetables all the time. And I don't think anyone who does that is kind of like not giving them the what they need, you know, yeah. it's just going, this will work, do it. And then like, it, say they go out and they're going, okay, like say we go out for food after this or something like that and you're just stuck on a meal plan, you would have so much anxiety around being around that that you'd either not eat mm. or go, oh, it's okay, I've already eaten. And I'm like, no, you haven't. Yeah. You know? And it's like, and that's what some of the, the things you hear. So I think it does allow you to have that kind of like flexibility in life and that's kind of the biggest things you know like life is always constantly changing we're always constantly doing something different so having those tools to make it easier is going to be a lot more better for you and uh do i think people need to learn it straight away no because if you do have that kind of issue already then it might make it even worse so one of the things that i will do is i'll go okay what are some foods that you eat right now? What's your current meals and stuff like that? And then I might alter the quantities of that to start off with. Mm -hmm. And then the obviously the goal is to then try and find how high you can get that. So obviously if someone's goal is to get lean or, you know, to drop body fat, we might bring calories up for a high period. So then when we do diet, it's not dieting on like 12 to 1,000 calories, you know, like they're actually eating a fair amount of food. And then we go, okay, now I'm going to teach you how to make it fit your lifestyle because obviously if you go and say on a diet and you go, oh, yeah, I was good for six days, but then I had someone's birthday and I just, I just saw blood. Yeah. yeah and yeah. it's like, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of, then you go, okay, well, did you like, you know, track things? Were you able to be, you know, uh, have some sort of cognizant around it? And they go, yeah, yeah. I was, uh, I fitted it in. I was like, oh, okay, well then cool. Like move on. They're like, but it, I eat bad food. So I was like, well, it's not really like good or bad. Like I don't like that kind of like, even if you're gluten intolerant well it depends then you know like maybe don't don't eat gluten you know yeah <laughs> sorry to sidetrack so i was like no good or bad foods. yeah so um in that in that sense then it's you know you still reach the goal that you're doing you know you're consistent and you're compliant and you're still able to have some sort of lifestyle of it as well which makes it even more enjoyable in that dieting period you know mm. when you do try and get obviously very 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 lean so we're talking like physique style lean then it might be uh, a better option than down the track to actually incorporate a, a meal plan because then obviously we know that um, uh, like food decision actually becomes a lot more challenging because when you're on re reduced macros and stuff like that, it might be harder for you to come up with ideas. So then it might be a situation to add a meal plan back in and go, okay, well, what are you eating right now? Okay, we're going to add these in and just follow the plan. So then you don't have to worry about what decisions you have to make. Uh, what sort of stage would you recommend? Because we're talking about a competitor now. Uh, what sort of stage would you go from allowing them extra flexibility to you're um, actually on a it come now? It comes to them. So that's the thing is it's not like a set week like, oh, at this week out, you have to go meal plan. It okay. comes down to the, the clientele as well. Because if we look at it and go, well, they... Some people like might be on meal plans right now, but then other people are still really good and flexible dieting and they might go, okay, well, uh, they're like, oh, I just, it's so hard for me to think about what I need to eat. Then we might go, okay, that's kind of like a key term for us then to go, okay, well, here's, here's a plan now. 
like stick to it to the best you can. If you do have to go out, I know you can use your macros because you have that skill prior to it that makes it still easy to do, but you don't have to worry so much. Here it is. Do you find with your clients, so when I competed, um, uh, I competed when I was, I think, 19 and 20. Yeah. Um, so it's going back 15 years now. And um, it was the chicken, like what we said, chicken, brown rice, chicken, broccoli. That chicken, rice, and broccoli. Yeah. yeah. And if you got red meat, that was a big thing. I remember one time halfway through a 16-week diet, we ate salmon and avocado sushi and it was like heaven. And I think I actually cried as I ate it with my yeah. friend who was dieting as well. Like no idea. And there was no such thing as macros. There was no such thing as any of this stuff. Um, there was just cheat days um, where you were talking about blowing out and things like that. But going through a diet was so restrictive and painful do you find that your athletes now still go through that same stress and pain as they get close to a show or um, is it a lot less uh, it's i think i think the answer it depends so in when obviously you're dieting you want to try and uh, make it not as sexy so to speak because okay. um obviously if you're looking like the hedonism of food so you know when you're trying to get your calories up as high as you can you want to make food more enjoyable and more palatable because it's easier for you to get it in but then when you're actually dieting like to to end extremes it might be better than to not make it as enjoyable because then it doesn't clear, like increase cravings and stuff like that so i know there was um a few people uh, i think mike chris Rattel and eric helms talk about it the the hierarchy for that and i think that's really important to look at and go okay well if someone's posting every day oh my god this is my cheat meal that i'm going to have after the show then we might need to then look at it and go okay well why why do you feel you need that so much you know like because in in reality that's like a deviant behavior you know because you know that they're most likely going to binge after the show and then it's kind of like one binge leads to a few binges and then that's when we start developing problems down the track you know where you see an athlete who looks really, really good and the next thing you know they put on like eight kilos and like oh i don't know where this happened you know and that's when it might be way too restrictive yeah. so a big thing that uh, i find is communication is key if you talk to obviously the clients or whatever and go hey like how you going on it like if you are on a middle plan they go yeah i'm just really over this right now could we change it to something then it might be like yeah cool what would you like you know you have to ask what do they want it's not because to me, the plan looks pretty good, you know, like it's hit the macros, hits the calories. I think it's good, but they might go, nah, if I eat one more chicken breast, I'm going to like uppercut someone in the gym, you know? Yeah. And it goes, okay, well, how, how about we change it then? What do you want? And if they go like, oh, could I, could I like have steak? And it's like, well, yeah, if you want steak, we can do that. We just need to change a few things around and then we just make it work. Yeah. And that's, that's obviously on a food decision level, you know, but if they have macro in, then just go for broke. Um, so you just pulled out some valuable things like the mentoring side of it. So from your experience, what makes a good coach? Um, what makes a good nutrition coach? When someone's out there shopping for a nutrition coach? Um, well, a simple thing, sim if we're going just based on face value is results. You yeah. know, like I feel like if a, like results school, obviously that's what, that's what people are buying. They're buying, you know, can this person do what they're actually saying? Sure. You know, like, it's, it's all good if they look great, but can they do that with 10 other people, you know, and was, and then ask those people as well, like ask them, Hey, how did you find working with this person? What was the experience? You know, that is going to give you a lot more honest feedback than, you know, oh yeah, like they, they look pretty good, but they might be, you know, the, the top 1% of people, you know, like <laughs> pardon my French for this, but feed them dog shit and it just works, you know, like it's, yes. so we got to find what 
like in terms of that, I think results speak very, very high value. And I think that's really important, but then also asking them how their experience was with it. Because some people just, uh, you're not going to click, you're not going to be compatible, you know, like their beliefs and your beliefs might be, you know, too confounding that you, you just keep buying heads all the time, but they just don't buy into what you're saying. And then we have to go, okay, well, is that, does that make you a bad coach? No. Does that make them a bad person? No, it's just, you guys weren't compatible, you know, kind of like, um, like Fit Fan Binder, you know, like shameless plug-in. <laughs> but if we look at that, like that's how it kind of goes, you know, it's a relationship at the end of the day. And yes. we got to look at it as like, you know, are you able to communicate very openly with that person? You know, like, like I chat to a lot of my clients, you know, if they ask a question, I'm going to respond as fast as I can, you know, like it might take me say like a day, but I'm going to get to you, you know, and then I will always make sure I give you enough information to make you feel like you know what you're going to do and what's the next step moving forward. I think that's, really really important in that sense and then obviously you know the education you know i think like there's so many people who call themselves like nutritionists who aren't and that's where we got to start looking and go okay well what qualifications do they have to back that as well because anyone can get results eating you know fish and green beans but yes is is that what's going to work for you probably not so that's when we go okay well what do they actually know as well so i did a podcast last year with the sports nutrition australia boys so um alex and stuff uh, yes yes and um and this is something that they're trying to come up against which is um to try and regulate this side of the industry a little bit so um if if someone's out there they're not part of icn or ifab or they're not part of the crossfit scene they're a general person that's like hey i need to uh, I, I need help. What's the best way for them to find um, a physique code, a, a team ecto, a Alan? So, um, so one of the beautiful things with obviously the sports nutrition guys is they have their own accreditation for um, trying to get uh, sports nutrition recognized. And I think that they've done it. It's an amazing thing. Um, my coaches have done that if they haven't already had a prior education in nutrition. They've done it through Sports yeah. Nutrition Australia? Yeah. And okay. that's, the, that's one of the things that I say like they need to do and they need to do it very well but then it's also asking the question you know, like is it a governing body you know is it regulated are they insured as well like you know most of the people you know they might do like you know nutrition for certain age bracket and just to get their CECs for you know continuing education and stuff but does that actually mean that they're competent and they know the insides and outs well enough to actually prescribe you know food on a gram level you know like we have australian guidelines for a reason you could do that pretty well because like i think they brought a new statistic that less than seven percent eat vegetables in australia like do I adequate... enough vegetables right, hey, so you... hey man phil heath don't eat no vegetables <laughs> <laughs> like, where do we go with that um he, he's also what 150 kilos yeah and i think so thereabouts and yeah. he's phil heath yeah he's phil he does, heath, he, you know he does, doesn't follow the brendo method yeah <laughs> <laughs> so so when we look at that like that's that's something that they like it takes the client a little bit of time to obviously it will take them to do research and actually know the like who they're working with rather than just going oh this person looks good cool i'm just click onto it yeah yeah and, and that's why i think like that's one of my biggest things I was last year was very like, you know, if you're not qualified, you know, just stay in, stay in your lane. And I think a lot of people are still staying outside of that, but it's, it's becoming more prevalent. It's becoming more aware that, you know, there are good people out there and these are the people you do need to go see. Um, this is actually a really good conversation for me as well. Um, this is something that I'll incorporate into the Perfect Fan platform. I think that what you're saying is 
really important yeah and making sure that people understand this and having the ability for search for this on um one location so i'll make that a priority for me so then people have a place to go to be able to see who's insured how they're educated and and, um, and that's the thing is like if you say we have that one-stop shop where you can go okay i'm looking for a nutritionist and then it's like okay who is this person what what do they what are they qualified to do you know and then obviously you would have obviously your own kind of like screening thing go okay well who what what qualifications do you actually have and then you can kind of go well no i don't think that's recognized i'm sorry yeah i think that's cool i'm going to delve into that because i think that's a wicked idea and i'd love to bring that to people in 2020 um now before we go because i want to do heaps of podcasts with you through the year and so i don't want to go through too much <laughs> um icn's coming up yep. it's may right uh april april it's april april, april 15th april april 18th we're here april 18th yes we're uh, april 18th i'm <laughs> I've been told I'm not competing. We'll see about that. <laughs> Sorry, um, I had a twitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so I want to know just out of my own curiosity, who's your top picks? Who's the people that we should be looking um, at? Who's going to be on the Perfect Fan video? I, I, funny enough, I haven't actually really been kind of like looking too much into that one. I've just been kind of like working like on my clients and just making sure that they're ready and giving them attention detail. Um, Paul Rucci's actually looking really good. Though. He is, isn't he? You know, Incredibly like, good. Like, yeah, I keep telling him to do bodybuilding, but he keeps saying no. So He's going to do physique? Yeah. Will his legs fit in shorts? I think so, yeah. There's like, some big legs. Man, I'm... I. Uh, this is doctors, man. Mm. Like, sounds weird. Like, I, I'm going to try and squat heavy now just to get the same <laughs> legs as him. Snap my spine under load, but I'll do it. If it gets the legs like that, yeah. Um, no, I haven't really been like paying too much attention to it all right now. It's just kind of focusing on obviously my clients and obviously work and stuff like that, and just you know, keep keeping raw tunnel vision with that. Unfortunately. Awesome. Are you going to? Um, do you have clients in the show? Yeah. This year. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So I'm going to be there. Perfect. Perfect. That's going to be some good fun. Dan England, I'll be catching up with you through the through the year. Yep. Team Ecto. Oh, yeah. Memorabilia wall. That's going to be sitting right about here. <laughs> so it doesn't drop on my head. Even on stage, like my knees. Frame you up. There are actually things you can still stay controlled. Fitness. <laughs>